Hall of Fame coaches, national champions, lottery picks, the best minds in basketball. Welcome into the sidelines with Evan Daniels. What is up, college basketball fans? Welcome back to the Sidelines Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Daniels, college basketball insider at FS1, as well as the director of basketball recruiting at 24-7 Sports. Today's episode, we have a very special guest, a five-time NCAA champion. He's won multiple Olympic gold medals. Of course, I'm referring to Duke head basketball coach Mike Krzyzewski. We had a 20-minute conversation that touched on in depth on Zion Williamson, the competitiveness of R.J. Barrett, plus Coach K gives his take on the revamped recruiting schedule. Before we get to that conversation, I want to make sure that you are subscribed and supporting the Sidelines podcast. The best way to do that is to shoot over to Apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app. Hit the subscribe button for me. Leave a rating. Leave a review. You can also shoot me a note over on Twitter or Instagram. The handle is at Evan Daniels. Would love to know what you think about the podcast. Now let's jump to that conversation with Hall of Fame basketball coach Mike Krzyzewski. It's time to go minimum with Evan Daniels. Send it in, big fella. Now let's welcome in five-time NCAA champion and Hall of Fame basketball coach Duke's Mike Krzyzewski to the Sidelines Podcast. Coach, welcome back to the show. How were your holidays? Good, yeah. We've had this big break because of uh, having the ACC. We got our bye the first week. So uh, what turns out to be usually an eight or nine day break is a 14 day break. And so we're trying to get us back into shape. But family wise, terrific. Yeah, I have all 10 of my grandchildren right here. So we. Yeah, if you don't have a good holidays with that many grandchildren, then something's wrong. <laughs> no question. That sounds awesome. Coach, let's talk about this team. You know, outside looking in, you seem to be having a ton of fun with this current group. Well, they're they're easy to like, you know, because they like one another. They at least pretend to like us. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so every day is like you enjoy being with one another. And... They're willing workers, very unselfish kids, and uh, and outgoing, and you know they have great chemistry. They're uh, all secure kids, and they've been a pleasure to work with. You've recruited your your fair share of talent over the years, but this year you could make a case that you have the best two players in all of college basketball. Have you ever been able to say that before? Well, I'm not saying it right now because I haven't seen everybody in college basketball, but. Uh, I do know I have some really good players. The cool thing about it is that they're players, they're not positions. And so they mesh real well in that they can make each other better. And it's ironic that uh, it's not common to have two kids of that ability be like brothers. And RJ and Zion are like that. It's uh, kind of amazing and it sets the tone for the rest of the team along with the relationship that Cameron Reddish and Trey Jones have where they're like brothers. A lot of good stuff, really. And and they, I think they like growing up as players together. That They know how they can make each other better. Did those guys have those type of relationships before they got on campus or just did it escalate once they got into practice and stuff? Well, yeah, you know, I don't think anyone can have as deep a relationship until you are actually with one another on a day-to-day basis. But uh, Trey and Cam had a, an outstanding relationship before. RJ, along with those two guys, once he committed, and then Zion, a really good thing that we're, you know we try to do if kids commit early 
is have them get on a group chat and we're again we're not on it you know right. but where they get to know one another throughout the, the remainder of their senior years in high school and so that when they come on campus uh, there's a, a real familiarity there and uh, uh, so I think that was enhanced by doing that and then once they got here I think the Canadian trip helped too in that Trey and Cam were gone were not allowed uh, injury wise to play and so Zion and RJ each scored about 30 points apiece but they I think they got to see how their games could work together right and I think that helped too Let's talk about Zion for a second. He's been tremendous this year. And quite frankly, Coach, uh, I didn't think that he would be this good. How is Zion different than maybe you expected? And, and did you think that he was going to be able to come out and, and play the way he has and to this level? Well, he's better than I thought he would be. And a big part of it is he – you don't know – you can think that a kid is a great kid and – you hope that he's a good worker. You can see the talent. But then when you have him and say, holy macro, this guy is an amazing kid. He's upbeat all the time. And he's been a great worker. And I don't think you could see that in AAU because he, or in high school because he, the competition level and he didn't really have to run the court all the time. And he doesn't like to single himself out. So he got his teammates involved more, you know, and he's been a great worker, Evan. He, he's Everyone sees him as a dunker and how high he can jump, but he's an incredible athlete in lateral quickness, you know, his feet, great hands, his ability to second jump and move from side to side. I didn't know all those things. Uh, you know, I knew he could really jump, right? And uh, you know that he was going to be really good. But he's he's better. There's no question about it. He's probably and I think by not positioning him like we don't have a position for him enhances right. that. Yeah. You know, it doesn't put a cap on what he can do. He, he, I think he's the most unique prospect that I've ever scouted. What What was kind of your first like wow moment with him? Well, you know, just that a guy that would look like that could jump that high <laughs> you know like how does he do that right. and then I've had a number of wow moments coaching him because again I can't overemphasize his lateral quickness and he has hang time you know not just because he's up that high but he he can maneuver his body really well I know in our last game against Texas Tech you know he got a number of charges including his fifth foul but people you know I would hope they learn how to officiate him you know because you know when he makes a spin in full court like that a kid can't take a charge unless it's a secondary uh, defender because it, it's it's a unique move like you only a gifted right athlete could could make it at that level yeah he, he has a number of wild moments you've obviously coached some ridiculous athletes both at Duke and with the Olympic team how does he compare athletically to to some of those guys you coached on that Olympic team like LeBron and Kobe I'm not saying he's those players but just from a, a leaping athleticism body control that type of standpoint no he's right with all those guys now the thing those guys developed it you know those guys are disciplined where every day 
they know they have a gift and they don't take it for granted and it's people would be amazed at the work that all those guys whether it be LeBron, Kobe, Durant, all these guys put in to enhance what God has given them and uh you know Zion still need I'm not saying he won't do that and he's doing it at our level once he gets to the next level he you know for him to reach the the level that those guys have reached, he'll have to learn that right. and be committed to that level of uh, of preparation. And I'm not saying he won't do it. I think he will do it, but he will have to do it. Where these guys have already, <laughs> they, they, they've already done it and shown the, the benefits of doing that. R.J. Barrett's averaging nearly 24 points, seven rebounds a game. Uh, statistically, no freshman has ever been given the green light in your system like R.J. Barrett has. Averaged uh, over 19 field goals attempts a game. For comparison's sake, Coach J.J. Redick, his second in attempts at just under 18. What made you so comfortable in just letting him go? Well, he, you know, he's a unique player, and he's a gifted athlete. If Zion wasn't on the team, you'd be doing – I still do wows with some of the things he does too <laughs> – He's really a complete basketball player. He can really play. Uh, he's not going to play center, but he can play anywhere on the court and guard anyone. And he's way ahead in maturity because he, at Montverde, he played for a great coach and Kevin Boyle. He, he's played for the Canadian team, and you know he's played up his whole life, and so he's ahead in that regard. He's been terrific to coach. You know, I I, I think he has a real good intellect for the game one of the reasons he gets a lot of you know we we play as up-tempo as anybody you know and so you know we want a lot of shot attempts and and he's able to manufacture things better because of his ability to penetrate than anyone on our team so he's going to get more and when he gets there to make the decision of shot pass jump stop whatever you know that that's something that will continue to grow for him you mentioned kind of freedom and that's one thing I've noticed not only with this group but but others you've had as you give your guys a lot of freedom on the court especially considering how young not only this team is but some of your other recent teams how did you get so comfortable with giving them that type of freedom well yeah I've whether it's Johnny Dawkins and Mark Allery early or how Leitner played or Hurley or Reddick and Battier and those guys, you have to let talent do things that talent can do. And you can really overcoach talent and limit it. And there's a creativity that these kids have that you would hope if you can get to that along with what you do in an organized fashion that combination will create some special basketball. Yeah, I can remember coaching Grand Hill, you know, who's as good as anybody that's ever played here. And I would tell him at different, like at timeouts, like for the next four minutes, just every time you touch the ball, do whatever you feel you can do. And he said, what do you mean? I said, just do something where once you do it, someone will say, I didn't think Coach K could teach him that. <laughs> And they'd be right. And they would be right. Like, there are certain things you can't teach that level of talent. You have to 
give it an environment and an atmosphere and a freedom to do it. And the thing that you monitor is uh, shot selection. So when they're doing it, it's a good shot. Yeah, it, it's not you know something you know wild. Obviously, you've given RJ that type of freedom, and this is a relentless competitor, coach. Just from scouting him in high school, seeing him with yeah. you, I mean, he plays not only on offense. Uh, I don't know that he gets enough credit for no, uh, who he, he does. He's, the... a, he's a heck of a defender, and we put him, we put Trey on the ball, and RJ on whoever is the, the best player. And uh, sometimes the best player is the guy with the ball, and Trey would have him. But the best score, RJ is going to get him, and. Uh, I know we we beat Princeton pretty good, but their kid Kennedy is really the best three-point shooter in the Ivy League, a really good player. And, uh, again, people would say, well, you should beat them. But, well, they beat Arizona State, too, and he had 21 against them. And uh, it was hard for him to get his shot off against RJ. So RJ plays a complete game, no question about it. You mentioned Trey Jones, and I, I feel like he's really starting to come on and it seems like he's had his best games in, in your all's biggest games. It must just be a Jones gene, right? <laughs> well, I think he does more in the big games. And, and and not that every game is not a big game, but some have been, you know, pretty big margin of victory. And in that, when he has that, he, he doesn't shoot the ball. You know, and he still has to shoot the ball because, like against Texas Tech, he his scoring was critical in us winning the basketball game. And uh, when we played and lost against Gonzaga in a really big-time game, it was Trey that turned the thing around. And, and uh, you know, we want him to do that more. Actually, we're, we continue to adapt our offense, and that is we see these kids grow. And so there are a couple things we're trying to do with Trey to make him even more offensive-oriented uh, for us. This group seems like they gelled so quickly, which I think is really rare for a freshman-centric team. I guess how difficult is it, one, to put together uh, a new roster like this every year with so many fresh – to rely on so many freshmen, and two, to get that roster to mold and gel the way you want it to? It seems like this group has done that early. Obviously, they're not where you want them to be. Yeah. Well, they, they get along. That The main thing is developing team chemistry, and that's what this group is really good, and hopefully we can take it to an extraordinary level. You know, every coach has difficult things to do. And so for me, I don't look at it as like, boy, this is going to be a problem. This is an opportunity. And we get a different opportunity every year because of the influx of talent and so far the guys who've been successful in going early in the NBA to the NBA. And so I like it. I mean, I like, I like to coach first of all, and I like to coach talent and I like to coach kids that want to be really good. And so as long as I have that, then we need to put in a system that fits them, not a system that I just have, and I try to have them fit into it. And you know, I, I, I've tried to do that pretty much my whole career, and I've really done it even more in the last decade with our teams, but also when I had the honor to coach the U.S. team, you had to do that with all, all five of the championship teams we had. 
Coach, I want to shift gears a little. I wrote a column last week and shared a pretty strong opinion on the revamped recruiting schedule that the Commission on College yeah. Basketball came up with. Um, the changes include just one AAU evaluation period in July. And the other two are being replaced with regional camps and two high school weekends in June that a lot of players won't actually be able to participate in. I, yeah. I'm curious your thoughts on it. Well, you know, it's one of those things I'm going to just see what happens. I thought that they went too quickly to change. They a knee-jerk reaction about AAU, and, and like that was the only – that's the thing that's wrong with basketball, and, and, I, 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 and that's not my belief. And there's always something wrong with something. And, <laughs> but the, the opportunity for kids to be seen – by the 353 Division I college coaching staffs should not be messed with. Like, there are thousands of kids out there who want to be seen. And we should look at – we can work with the elite players, obviously, and give them USA or whatever the heck you're going to give them. But uh, AAU gave all these kids an opportunity to be seen. And I worry about that. As soon as it came out, and they talked about June, and I don't know exactly how it, I think it's eliminated certain groups, certain schools that can't put them on. And uh, I'm just saying, like, what are we doing? You know, what do we, the June thing does, it doesn't seem right, you know, in what we're, what we're doing. And, you know, I, some of like, Instead of having A and B, we had to put C and D in there as far as yeah. solutions. Yeah, no, I, and, I agree with and, you. And, you know, I'd rather, and so would I as the Army coach go to on a weekend to go someplace where I can see if I'm the Army coach or many of the mid-major or low-major Division ones. They want to see a lot of kids. They'll sit in the gym or gyms all day, and 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 that's what they do. And they, we should give them the opportunity. And the, that one kid in the auxiliary gym at 8 p.m. Uh, on Saturday night that you know you see and say, "I love that kid." And we don't have to do that at, at our level, but hundreds of coaching staffs have to do that, and. I, I think we're robbing the opportunity for those kids to be seen and the staffs to see them. And I, 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 I don't think that that's good. No, I completely agree with you. It sure seemed like change for the sake of change, not change yes. for the, the yeah. betterment, in, in, my, in my opinion. Right. Last question for you, Coach, before I let you go. And this is completely off topic, but at this stage in your career, you have a long list of, of former players who are now head coaches. How important is your coaching tree to you in terms of your legacy, and who have you particularly been impressed with and proud of? You know, it's not just uh, the coaching uh, tree. Yeah, we're you know, Quinn Snyder, Tom Yamaker, Johnny Dawkins, Wojo, Chris, you know, all these guys uh, are all over the place and doing well. Bobby Hurley, who didn't coach here but played here, I'm really proud of them, but also proud of the guys that got into management in the NBA who are working as assistants or our managers who are video coordinators. Or, you know, we have a lot of people in, in basketball, and I love the fact that 
while they were here, they learned to love the game more. And they chose it as a profession. And I'm very proud of that. I'm also proud of the fact that my former players bond together. You know, it's my 39th year, so I have a lot of former players. But we do a bunch of things to make sure that they interact. And they're the ones who formed this, what they call a brotherhood. And, and it is. It is. And I'm proud of that. And I love the guy. I, I, I've had great guys here at Duke. And I've had great guys at Army. And to maintain those relationships, Evan, is, uh, is very important to me and my family. Uh, and my family. Well, I'm sure it's pretty rewarding. Coach, mm-hmm. I really appreciate your time. And uh, thank you for jumping on the show. Thanks, Evan. This is Coach K, and you're listening to The Sidelines with Evan Daniels. I'd like to once again thank Duke head basketball coach Mike Krzyzewski for taking the time out and jumping on the Sidelines podcast. Enjoyed that conversation. Before I let you guys go, I want to make sure that you are supporting the Sidelines podcast. And as I mentioned in the open, the best way to do that is to go over to Apple Podcasts and or your favorite podcast app. Hit the subscribe button for me. Leave a rating. Leave a review. You can also shoot me a note over on Twitter or Instagram. The handle is at Evan Daniels. Would love to know who might be a great guest and what you think of the podcast. As always, have a great week. Thanks for listening.